to roll or not to roll? Well, that's really not it. To smoke fresh rolled or to lay it down? That is the question. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Here's how we get to our story, Fingers. Normally, at this time, I would tell you what cigar we're smoking. I would tell you the ring gauge, and you would go, tee And I would tell you how long the cigar is, and you would go, tee And sometimes, if it's a really long cigar, you would go, <laughs> And I'd say, always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. This is a different story. I, over the weekend, was in Toronto. Canada? Yeah. Well, yes. Oh. Wait, there's another one? Uh, Toronto, Oklahoma. Ah, oh, the old Toronto, Oklahoma. I may have made that up. Uh, I was in Toronto, Canada. And Toronto has different rules. Canada has different rules about cigars than the United States. One of the things I learned about Toronto, they abolished cigar lounges a few years back. Oh, there's no indoor place to smoke a cigar. There's barely an outdoor place because you, you cannot be within nine meters of a, a, an entrance. Is the Space Needle still legal? Uh, it's not the Space Needle. It's the CN Tower. Space Needle is in Seattle. Oh, I thought it was in Toronto. Right? Oh, shoot. Oh, well, look, I'm, I'm here to help. I get my Seattle's and Toronto's mixed up. By the way, nine meters is 29.52756 feet. Oh, that's good so to know. So you can't be within 30 feet of a doorway. <laughs> I mean, it's really, truly abusive. But places on the streets and if you're walking around you can smoke and of course i smoked cigars and there are some people still making cigars one of those people is f Corrente, c-o-r-r-e-n-t-i CorrentiCigars.com. they're on the second floor of a building with no air conditioning and the history in the place they have rollers there they were off that day because of canada day and 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 the the just the feel and the pictures on the wall. They well, they weren't relying on social media to say, "Hey, look who just bought our cigars." Real life people having these real life experiences. Fantastic old cigar boxes. I actually took a bo- uh, a picture of one that I had never seen before. <laughs> Trump cigar, but not actually related to the former president. Just called Trump cigar. And they make a whole bunch of different things over at Corrente, Nicaraguan, and then they are able to actually, because it's Canada, import uh, Cuban leaf and, cu- and, and a wrapper, binder, and filler, and they do their own rolling. Now, the cigar we have here, it, it's, 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 it's a fresh rolled cigar. Okay. As on the day that I purchased this, it was rolled that previous Friday. So this cigar, Fingers Malloy, in terms of being rolled, is at a maximum of seven days that you and I are about to smoke this right now. Wow. It was rolled seven days ago. The question before us is, do you smoke it? Or does, or does it have to be what people refer to as laid down? And that only means giving it time to rest. Now, you've been doing the research, Fingers. Yes. The question is, if I'm at a party, and there's, it's one of those parties where people are rolling cigars... I can smoke it right there, but if it, if I wait a day or I wait seven days, I can't smoke it at all? Yeah, according to uh, several sources, like if you go to Holt's Clubhouse, uh, they, they make the argument that after about 24 hours, uh, after the cigar is rolled, it will begin to expel ammonia, which leads to a very unpleasant taste. That process lasts for 60 days or more. So... 
the, the interesting question that I I pose to you is, you know, you have you had a cigar from this place since you were Two. in Toronto? And have you Two. noticed anything? I had one on um on on the, the, the day I I got them. So they were rolled on a Friday. I picked them up on a Monday, the Monday of this week. Um, and so I had one on Monday, and then I had one after I got home on, on Tuesday night. I, I, I had one. They were two different styles, so I can't compare them. But I didn't get an ammonia feel at all. Mm. Zero on, on that. Like, wow. I, I didn't... I, I, I'm trying to think. Did anything like that happen? The answer is uh, no. Okay, so just from your experience alone, it makes it sound like, and of course, everyone's different. And you know, maybe this process will take a little bit longer with these particular cigars. That it's not a bad thing necessarily to smoke a freshly rolled cigar if it's been longer than 24 hours, but less than 60 days. I, I'm stuck on the idea that I wouldn't try. You know, when we smoked the Solis from the Florida Dominicana just a, a few weeks ago, when I first went to it, Richard Payton, who is the, uh, is the cigar sommelier here at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com, he's actually the first certified cigar sommelier in the country. He's mm-hmm. it. He said, no, Tony, you got to wait. It needs another month. I think at the time it needs, it needs another couple months. There is something that is real and true about letting your cigar sit and rest and allowing those oils to distribute and giving the leaf a chance to settle itself. Also, when you've got a fresh rolled cigar, if you feel this cigar, Fingers Malloy, and this cigar is a 52 by 6, which means it's six inches long. Again, with the, the laughter. Always makes them laugh. And the ring gauge is a 52, so that is... Uh, the diameter of the cigar, or, or how thick it is around. <laughs> Again, with the laughter. That's a spongy cigar. Yeah. Now, if your humidor is well, has, has serious humidity to it, you might feel your cigars like this. I don't like my cigars like this. This is too spongy for me. But I have smoked two of these now. The burn was perfect. The combustion was perfect on the cigar because you would think if a cigar is too humid you're not going to be able to get a good burn out of it so the flavor as you're describing it with that ammonia thing didn't happen yeah and the burn which i would be concerned about with a fresh rolled cigar is fine why am i not smoking this thing well let's light it up oh i'm down with that <laughs> i i will absolutely I mean, do that, such a thing that's one of the things i was concerned about was you know when the, the the cigar roller is going about uh, his or her craft, they're using tobacco that is moist, and I wondered just how the burn would be. You you mentioned that it was kind of spongy, uh, but you you didn't have any problems with the burn. How, did you have to retouch it at all? I may have touched it up here and there, but nothing that was out of the ordinary. Nothing that was strange or peculiar or, or, or anything else. It's just it's just what I did. So when you got home, have these sticks been in your humidor? These sticks have been in my humidor for all of 48, 72 hours. Okay. That's it. Before that, they were in a bag in a box that I was carrying around with me. Now, how many of these do you have? 
if you don't mind me asking. Uh, I smoked one. We have two. 9,000. <laughs> the reason why I'm asking is it would be very interesting to revisit these cigars in three, four months and see if I there's a difference. I have these two. Mm-hmm. I, will, I have two more. I will keep them in the humidor. We will let them sit for 90 days. 90 days. Mark your calendar, and we will come back to it. There are reasons to lay down a cigar. That doesn't mean there's a reason to lay down every cigar. This was rolled less than a week ago. Let's smoke the mother. These cigars, by the way, from Corenti, C-O-R-R-E-N-T-I, SorrentiToCigars.com. I've come to the place in my life where I believe no studies whatsoever. According to a study from the Fingers Malloy Institute for Institutes, Fingers Malloy. We got a huge government grant. Uh, you cannot trust any study that comes out. That's true. We we actually got a $100,000 grant to prove that you can't uh, actually believe any study that comes out, including in a study from the Fingers Malloy Institute of Institutes. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. And that right there. That was a mouthful, Fingers. Dude, I'm tired. Like, <laughs> like just, you're better than that. You usually got more zip, kid. Uh, the youthful exuberance that people think that they hear from me to make them think that I'm 20 years old, it's not there today. Not there? <laughs> no. That is Fingers Malloy, by the way. We're going to get into this cigar from Corenti, C-O-R-R-E-N-T-I, Corenti Cigars, out of Toronto, Canada. But they used to tell us that eggs, eggs are going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out eggs are very good for you. And then coffee... Straight up killer. Murder you in your sleep. Absolutely abuse your children. Coffee? Fine. Bourbon? Bourbon was the worst thing you could drink in the world until you found out that that a drink a day, good for the heart. I don't know what to believe. I'm not your doctor. Sure, I'm willing to put on the gloves, but I'm not an actual doctor. (laughs) Well, the day's young, and not with that attitude. Not with that attitude is right. Check with your medical professional. The story here, according to the World Health Organization, which already people who are political are going to be like, I'm done, Tony. (laughs) Fingers, don't tell me anymore. (laughs) According to the World Health Organization, the sweetener used in Diet Coke, aspartame, may cause cancer. I'm sorry, were we supposed to say anything after that? So they're basically saying that Diet Coke is cancer in a can. Is that what they're trying to tell people? When they do these kinds of studies, and they're like, well, we tested it on lab rats. They fed the lab rat 9,000 pounds <laughs> of the thing. If I have a can and a half a day, am I a dead man? That's the, the, the question before us. They did a review, or the people did a review, published in Frontiers in Nutrition, which I believe, <laughs> I believe, Fingers, you are a contributing editor. I am. And, and let me tell you something. I get all of my diet soda information from, uh, what was that, Field and Stream? Frontier. was it? <laughs> Frontiers in Nutrition. Oh. They summarized, oh, get this. Hold on, let me read you the headline again. <laughs> the sweetener used in Diet Coke may cause cancer, the World Health Organization is expected to announce. Here's the story that a review published in Field and Stream, Frontiers <laughs> in Nutrition, summarized that some studies show that these artificial sweeteners may help you eat less and lose weight. Other studies find no effect on, on be, satiating you. 
And others find a link between intake and higher rates of obesity. Uh-huh. So, the studies show you nothing. We're in the wrong business. Seriously, you, you get a bunch of money to do research, and at the end of the, the, the time that the research has been done, the conclusion is, eh, we don't really know if it's going to have an impact on you or not. It's a great so, gig. Reuters is saying that at the end of the month of July, the World Health Organization will declare that uh, aspartame, sold as uh, equal and NutraSweet, as, quote, unquote, possibly carcinogenic to humans. Possibly. 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 <sighs> don't you feel possibly. like don't you feel like you've heard this before? Maybe ten years ago, possibly. Yeah. And uh, then they'll tell you that Coke that is sweetened with sugar is bad for you. Right. Basically they want you to drink warm tap water. That's oh, the only it depends thing. on the tap because some of that tap water is not good for you. Oh, that's true. Oh my gosh. It could have it could have the fluorides. It could have the flavonoids. Yeah. Um, uh, Aspartame. It, oh, it, it, what, what does it could have too much calcium? Yeah. Uh, it could have, uh, it could actually contain hydrogen and oxygen. Yeah. And you yeah. don't want any of that. And marzipan. So, no, I don't believe anything. How does anyone believe anything? Everything that comes out tells you it's all coming to an end. <laughs> we drink bourbon and smoke cigars. Pictures of health. Absolutely. Look at my abs. Completely you look great. ripped. You look terrific. What's the matter? Did you have a very harsh Independence Day weekend? Uh, let's just say that uh, I, I went on a, a vacation, and that whole low carb thing went completely out the window. And, is that and, right? And now I'm heavier than I was before. Is that true? Yes. Which is great news heading into uh, a weekend where we're going to Las Vegas for a cigar convention, where we're going to be walking about 37 miles a day. Dude, all I know is. Uh, through Virginia, through D.C., up through upstate New York, and into Canada, I ate everything under the sun. Yeah, I could I could do three burpees right now, no problem. That's the Fingers Malloy health system at play, dude, man. I, I hear. You. Can we get a, a little later into the show into some of the food you had in Toronto because the, the things that you described to me absolutely surprised. Me. I I can do that. Turns out Toronto, heck of a food town outrageous foodie town and I will I will share and it's not that it was something specific to Toronto because everything is specific to Toronto I'll get into that as well as for these studies I'm not buying I'm not gonna freak I'm not gonna work we should light up this cigar yeah now that now that we're talking about how aspartame is the basically since we both had a diet coke today let's just move on only one yeah only one I was drinking Dr. Pepper earlier I'm on a Dr. Pepper kick oh that's terrible Texans love Dr. Pepper. Yes. Did you try the Dr. Pepper Bluebell ice cream? I did. No. Bluebell made ice cream with Dr. Pepper. That sounds wonderful. It tasted just like Dr. Pepper. And the problem is, it tasted just like Dr. Pepper. Oh, stop. If it's going to be mixed with ice cream, damn it, it's got to have a little bit of a creamy thing going on. Listen, anything does. We have a lot of friends in Texas. And I love the people from Texas. I would hold them close, serve them brisket. Insulting Dr. Pepper is almost as bad as insulting Whataburger. I'm not insulting either one. I'm saying if you're going to make a Dr. Pepper ice cream, it's got to have a little bit of the cream. It's got a little bit of vanilla in it. It can't be all Dr. Pepper flavor because otherwise I would just have a Dr. Pepper. And honestly, who wants that? 
Again, you're insulting the fine people of Texas who live, eat, and breathe and, and, and drink Dr. Pepper. None of that is true. Now, the Whataburger thing is totally true, right? If I started saying, you know, talking smack about the Texas crutch, oh, right? If, if I started talking about real men get their, get their meat from Kansas City, oh. that's them's fighting words. Oh. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the Dr. Pepper thing, it's just not that good. It's not. Where can and everyone get in touch with you uh, from the fine state of Texas? Oh, if they want to email me, email me at fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. <laughs> Do that right away. Fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. We're going to review this freshly rolled cigar, which, by the way, we just lit. Did it light right up? Wonderful. Yeah, very, very easy to light. Uh, Super weird. And the draw right away is very pleasant and very easy as well. Like you said, it is a little spongy but not having any impact so far on, on the smoke. Do we favor fresh rolled cigars or do they need time to really mature? That is the question. As for this study, look, I can't think that drinking 20 Diet Cokes a day is good for you, but dear Lord, living in fear of all these studies is just no way to live at all. Silly stuff. It has already been an insane week, and I must admit, it was Independence Day, and I hope everybody had a wonderful Independence Day. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. In the world of news, because you know that Fingers and I are in that, that world, and we do commentary, and we've got radio shows across the country. That's the week I took off for vacation. <laughs> the most insane Supreme Court decisions that are monumentally impactful. The almost coup in Russia with Putin and this this guy Prigozhin who runs his own military company uh, it was nuttiness on nuttiness last week so what's interesting to me I pose this question to you you know you this is your gig you love doing your radio shows and you know we're, you do the political talk when you have a crazy news week like that and you're on vacation are you upset that you're on vacation, or are you are you saying to yourself, man, there are so many things I would like to comment on right now about what's going on? I said, man, there are so many things I'd like to comment on right now, and then I went back to my cake. <laughs> it doesn't matter when you go. There will always be a thing. Now, if there had been an actual coup oh. and Putin had been out in Russia, I would, have, I would have found my way back to the air. If there had been some monumental death, I would have made my way back to the air. Everything else, it, it can hold. You do owe it to yourself. There's never a good time. If you're going to spend the money and you're going to dedicate the time to your family, well, then are you actually dedicated to it? There could be a reason. Everyone's like, yeah, go handle your thing and then come back. But no, there was no, there was no reason I felt to do that. But speaking of news, Fingers Malloy, it is time. For news of the week. Well, you mentioned Independence Day weekend, and let's uh, finish up the Independence Day weekend, a wrap of that weekend, by talking about Joey Chestnut, the world's top competitive eater. He once again won the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, Tony. 62 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. You and I, Tony, have uh, experience going to a hot dog stand uh, in Las Vegas. 
for instance, and I took you to this wonderful hot dog place. I hate you. It's one of the most popular hot dog places uh, in Las Vegas. You can get a foot-long hot dog for $1.99. You took one bite of it, and you threw it in the trash. Broke my heart. Broke the people's heart who worked very hard pulling that dog out of that mystery fluid that it was boiling in and put it in a somewhat fresh bun and uh, presented it to you. I ask you, Tony... How many hot dogs can you eat in one sitting? I don't think 62, but I'm not a competitive (laughs) eater. But I want to start throwing some shade. First of all, Joey Chestnut is from around this area. He lives not too far from where we record. He lives in in, in Westfield, Indiana. He has a fantastic line of sauces, condiments, with the people who own St. Elmo's, which is a world-famous steakhouse, oddly enough known for their shrimp cocktail. In Indiana. It's the weirdest thing in the world, but if you eat the shrimp cocktail sauce, sign a waiver. Just be ready. It's an, it's an experience like nothing else. But St. Elmo's is so old school, classic, joyous that if you're in Indianapolis, you got to do it. Not even so much for the quality of the steak. It's a fine steak. It's not the best steak I've ever had, but it's a great experience. And you could check it off the bucket list and say that it's done. But Joey Chestnut has created a real business out of this. He has created competitive eating. He's done it because he's an affable, kind dude and also a freak. The guy could just eat anything. Last year, or I should say the record, I should say, is 76 hot dogs. Mm -hmm. That was set by him. He only ate 62. And the second place person only ate 48. So what I'm saying? Joey Chestnut's on the decline. He is primed to be beaten. And I'm telling you that the day will come sooner rather than later that Joey Chestnut is going to have to hang up the the, the Mylanta. He's done. He's finished in competitive eating. Joey Chestnut's days are numbered. How dare you, sir? I'm trying to to be like classy Freddie Blassie. (laughs) And I want to be the hype man for the next guy. That's that's what I'm doing right now. Oh, do, you, do you know someone in the minor leagues right now that's coming along that one day will will challenge Joey Chestnut for? The I know title? a guy named Jimmy Simolino. Ah, I have no idea. Just the name I came up with. <laughs> Little Jimmy, big stomach. Jimmy, big stomach Simolino. That's what they call him. And oh, he's ready. I will say in Mr. Chestnut's uh, defense that apparently weather conditions had an impact on the competitors. Uh, which I didn't know, you know, in golf, that happens. Uh, the, the weather can have an impact on your score. Uh, 62 hot dogs. But you didn't answer my question, Tony. By the way, it is true that they do this outdoors at Nathan's. And so when it was raining, they couldn't do it. They weren't going to move it indoors. There's nowhere to do that. This yeah. is a big, big, big event. So if you eat in a certain way to time yourself in a certain way to be ready uh, via your training, because there is a training, I absolutely get how waiting an hour or two could absolutely mess you up. Absolutely, but you, you still haven't answered my question. Which is? How many hot dogs do you think you could eat in one sitting? And I know in you aren't... In 10 minutes or in one sitting? In one sitting. We, we aren't professional, competitive Are eaters. hot dogs? No, they're just regular Nathan's hot dogs. In one sitting, do I have to eat the bun? <sighs> yes, I have to eat the bun. And I could dip them in water, right? L- listen, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. If we're talking about how many hot dogs you can eat in one sitting, you're going to be wrecked whether or not you eat that bun or not. If I was doing just the hot dog, 22. You could eat 22 hot dogs. And Nathan's hot dog, 22. Not even a question. (laughs) If I'm just doing the hot dog.
So, ladies and gentlemen, I pose to you, Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. I think we need to see Tony eat 22 hot dogs on video. Uh, and you need to let him know. On uh, what, What's the email address for uh, Tony Katz? Fingers at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. We need to encourage him to, this needs to be done on video. We need to see you eat 22 hot it's, dogs. I, I, the problem is, on that day, the camera will be broken. <laughs> it's such a shame. It's such a shame that I could see into the future. If I'm if, if I'm doing the bun, fourteen. Oh, see, see, I think I could do eight, and I tap out. Really? With the bun and everything. Yeah, the bun's tough. I might be pushing myself. It's the bun that's the issue, which is why they do the water trick. You know what that is? Yes. They dump the hot dog in water so they can just like slurp up the 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 the. the the bun like it's a slurry. So have you ever done any kind of eating challenge? Or- Never. I was the fat kid growing up. It wasn't a good look. I knew I was just giving myself a problem. There's a local burger joint here in Indianapolis, in suburban Indianapolis, and I, the name escapes me. Is it Bub's? Bub's. In Carmel, Indiana, Bub's Burgers. Cool, cool, cool spot. So they uh, they have the big ugly challenge. They sure do. I believe it's an 18 ounce burger. Uh, if you eat one, you get your picture on the wall. It's a little Polaroid. If you eat two, the picture's bigger. Uh, it, it goes on and on until if you eat five of them in one sitting, you get a life size picture of yourself. I believe that is the challenge. And I may you eat it with the bun as well. You have to clean your plate. Wait, oh, do you have to eat, like, fries and everything else? Uh, just the burger, I believe. You see, it's the bun that's the so, issue. Because without the bun, I could do two and a half. So based on, the you know, the Maybe man three. versus food stuff, you know, I'd watch other people do I did this challenge on my 40th birthday. And uh, the key, apparently, is to eat it as quickly as possible <laughs> before your stomach is saying, whoa, whoa, you're full. Stop it. Right. So I started. I had three quarters of that burger down in about seven minutes. And the meat sweats thing is real. I started having perspiration just absolutely flow from my from my forehead. I was able to finish it. They gave me way too much lettuce on the burger, and I left some lettuce on the side. They said, no, 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 no. You're not done until you eat the lettuce. So I finished. Oh, the- so they did it on purpose? Yeah. Are you accusing Bub's Burgers <laughs> in Carmel, Indiana? They said uh, of, the- of, of, of trying to... I'm trying to flim flam you? They looked at me and said, this cat clearly needs some leafy greens in his life. So I finished the lettuce, and then I got home, and I was in the fetal position for about six hours. You know, we, we broadcast in, in Indiana. We're both from, uh, we live both live in Indiana. You know they're going to hear this. Yes. And I'm pretty sure we're going to end up recording an episode of Eat, Drink, Smoke live at Bub's, challenging each other. Oh, that should probably happen then. That wasn't the purpose of this. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Over Independence Day weekend, you had yourself a beer. Don't get me wrong. We told you the drinks that you should make. The Kentucky Stepfather, the Tommy J. You can find those recipes at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. But, of course, Independence Day is beer. And we know Independence Day has passed, but when we're smoking this hand-rolled, as many cigars are... Freshly rolled, less than a week ago, if not just a week ago, we're like, this is screaming for a beer. The weather, the humidity is screaming for a beer. So what did we do? We found the darkest beer we possibly could from Urban Chestnut Brewing. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and we are smoking 
the black lager from Urban Chestnut. It is who we are. Both Fingers Malloy and I are guys who like a stout. We like a, 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 a brown ale sometimes. A porter. A porter is what the kids call it there with their rock and roll music. They don't make this all the time. I think they only do this seasonally, maybe once a year, if that. But the black lager is this absolutely wonderful, thick, but not overwhelming. And I'm, I am going to call it a, a, a stout. They call it a dark lager is what they call it, but it has all the right kind of feels to it. The thickness, that nose, smell that, fingers noise. Put your nose right in there, you know. It's beautiful. Is that absolutely gorgeous? That, that little bit of coffee, that little bit of of, of chocolate. There's almost a, a breadiness going on as well. Yes. Mm, absolutely love it. Now, there's also, because uh, we, we've already had some. I'm not going to lie, guys. <laughs> there's a bit of spice uh, in this. There's this wonderful mix of, of, of flavors. And sometimes you'll get people into these darks, especially these winter beers, and they have a winter black lager, they, they love to bring the spice into it, uh, whether, whether you want to call it a, a, a Christmas spice, nutmeg kind of thing. I'm not always a big fan of that. I sometimes think it's, it's, it's a bit overwhelming. But to mix with this cigar that we have from Carenti Cigars, this, this freshly rolled cigars we've been talking about, do you let it lay down for a couple months or do you smoke it right away? We're doing both. This is because I brought it back from Toronto, seven days old at the most mm -hmm. so we're smoking it now see where we are and then we're going to smoke it 90 days from now wanted to pair this with a, a, a beer fingers malloy are you ready for this tony i've been ready for this all week we're going to do the kentucky chew we're going to do it as we do a bourbon or as we do a rye really take a sip kind of get where those flavors are with this but it's a beautiful nose and a beautiful color i mean as close to black as you can get i mean it, there, there's a it's a little bit of brown towards the bottom, but man, is that gorgeous? Yes, and it listen. It looks like uh, a stout in the glass, but once you once you take a sip, uh, it, it doesn't have that creaminess that a stout has. But it is it is you know it's a black lager, and it has a, a lot of the same flavor notes that you would get out of a good stout. Like like Tony mentioned, there's some coffee, there's some chocolate. Uh, that spice is there, and what's interesting about the spice. Is it's it's really playing well with the spice from the cigar, and you and I talked about what we were going to pair with the cigar with. And at first, I, I suggested a rye, uh, but then we got to talking about it. First of all, this is a perfect day for a beer. It just feels oh. like a day that you you want to have a beer, and then maybe some of the ryes that we we would maybe uh, sample that rye spice may conflict a little bit too much with with this cigar spice. So we want something that had the creamy, that had the chew, that had some some upbeat flavors to match where the cigar is with its spice. And now that we're into the second third of the cigar, a little bit of creaminess. And with your cigars, you know, when you got that notebook out, first third, second third, final third, what are your flavors in each? And then you compare it to when you smoke it a couple months later and you find your through lines. What are the flavors that you went back to or noted again and that's where your palate is. Let me do a sip of this from Urban Chestnut Brewing, the black lager right here. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we call the Saginaw Swish. Oh. 
what makes it different than stouts is this is brighter. This bounces off the tongue, but goes down. There's, there is a slight bitter finish, but that is, I get that with most beers. I certainly get it with, with, with things that play in the darker world. I'm used to it. I have learned to love it. That is scrumptious Ooh. as a beer. And this, on summer, per- now we're guys who would drink Guinness in summer and not care. Yeah. It wouldn't matter at all. But this could work as a summer beer. Absolutely. This is just light enough and crisp enough to make that happen. Okay. Is this crazy? To me, it almost is bringing out a creaminess in the cigar. Yeah, that's on your tongue. Now, don't get me wrong. In the second third, a little bit of a, of a, of a cream has built up. A little bit of that chocolate note, that undercurrent chocolate note, has kind of developed out a little bit. So on this Corrente Cigar, C-O-R-R-E-N-T-I, CorrenteCigars.com, yes, it has built out a little bit. We're smoking the Toro size if you want to look it up for yourself at CorrenteCigars.com. It matches beautifully. Here, let me show you how it matches. Excuse oh, me. He's, he's going in again, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we call the Memphis Munch. Mm. <laughs> oh, God, that's good. Yeah. That's ridiculously stupid good. I am actually a fan of Urban Chestnut. I dig what they do uh, tremendously. Um, it's got a great mouthfeel. It matches this cigar beautifully, and it'll work summer or, or fall or winter. Like, this is a beer that just works. The question, Fingers Malloy, by the way, did I mention that it's, was it 4.7% alcohol by volume? Yes, you did. 4.7%. I, I, you know what? I, I'll, I'll gets, applaud gets it applause. Anyway. Um, Is this in your uh, liquor cabinet? That's the question. In my beer fridge. In your beer fridge. I've been trying to find a price on this. Yeah. I can't. I can't find a price on this. So if I were to take a look at... Um, Another black lager. Is that made by them as well, the Schwartz? They say that's $12 a can, but that can't be 12 bucks For a four-pack? Uh, no, they're saying a can. No, a four-pack. A four-pack. All right, you're absolutely right. What, yes, and that is from Urban... Wait, no, that's not Urban Chestnut. So what would what is the price here? Why can't we find it, Fingers? You well, would think we'd be prepared. Well, first of all, this does come... In a twelve or excuse me, a sixteen ounce can, we are oh, we are okay. drinking it on tap here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis. It's wonderful on tap, uh, and so sixteen ounce can. Say if it is twelve dollars for a four pack, yes, it would be in my beer fridge. It's that yeah. good. Yeah, for twelve bucks for a sixteen ounce can. Yes, I that you know what you're you're right about that. You're right about that. The Stan Musial, which is a beer that we have reviewed from them, uh, on Drizzly is $11 for a four-pack. So if it's anywhere within that range, yes, without question. And stouts, you know, you, we talked about more of a fall thing. This is this is a summer beer. You could definitely enjoy this on a hot day. And and for me, I, I could eat, uh, drink all four of them uh, yeah. in one sitting. Let me, see, let me, let me just uh, try one, one more, more time. Her. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing the Louisville Lip. Mm. He's, while he's enjoying that, we're going to take a break. This is Eat Drinks. Ah. 
as we have reported and certainly has been reported over the last month or so, this whole tipping thing has gone criminally insane. This is nuts. Every quick serve place, everywhere you go, has got the tip line. Do you want to leave a tip for this? Do you want to leave a tip for that? I am now more inclined than ever to put no, and I do put no, and I am unworried about whether or not they look at me askew. They're going to spit in my coffee. They're going to spit in my coffee. That's the way it's going to go. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, and our new book, Let's Go Barbecue, is available at amazon.com. Five-star reviews. If you buy the book, give it a five-star review. It is a perfect birthday gift. Get it now. You didn't get Dad a gift for Father's Day. It's Let's Go Barbecue. You want to make sure you've got the gifts for Christmas. Order 300 copies of Let's Go Barbecue right now from Amazon.com. The tipping thing is nuts. As I said, I was in Toronto for a few days. I was in D.C. before that. Everywhere you go on the quick service, do you want to leave a tip? And the answer is no, I don't. You bring something up that's very interesting and... I wondered when you were in Toronto if it's the same way there when it comes to places that you wouldn't consider tipping five years ago. All of a sudden, the screen pops up. Is it the same way in Canada? Is Tim Hortons. Okay, that's a good which example. Which is a coffee donut place, which is excellent. They got great coffee. Um, every single time. Do you want to leave a tip? No, I don't. No, no. No, I don't. To put a donut in a bag? To pour me coffee? No. No, no. I do not. Thank you very much. It is insulting. It really is insulting. And part of breaking this, making this stop, is no longer tipping. Just don't do it. I don't know if you can get them to stop doing it. They're going to put it on there. But stop feeling any compulsion about it. No. No. There was a place. uh, I went over the weekend down to a touristy area of... Indiana, Brown County, and uh, I spent the night, uh, a few nights in Bloomington, Indiana, home of Indiana University. Who's your pride starts inside, baby? Is that what they say? That's what they say. Who knew? And I was looking for places to eat, and one restaurant uh, caught my eye, and I and I went uh, to look and see what their menu was. And on their website, they said uh, you were encouraged not to tip. Uh, we we pay our employees a good salary and it's up to us to pay our employees and we don't you're, you're welcome to tip but uh, we we don't encourage it because we pay our employees enough and that there's so much uh, pressure on t- for people to tip nowadays uh, that they were encouraging people to not necessarily tip and I didn't know what to think of that either <laughs> that that seems like trying hard the other way but it, it, if, if you're going to acknowledge that you're not paying the server wage, you're paying, at the very least, the quote-unquote minimum wage. And maybe they're paying more than that. Okay, that might signal to the customer, to, to the uh, client, then, uh, you know, there's a, a reason maybe the price is more expensive. It's already all built in. I don't have to think about it anymore. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that we have made tipping this political insanity. Yeah. Is, is is the worst part. Because you will find people who would much rather get the X number of dollars per hour. And then you'll find people who are like, they took away my tips and I made huge money from tips. This is absolutely terrible. This is, the, this is miserable. 
uh, for me. Um, sometimes you can't satisfy all the people. Right. Just go about being in business. So I have a tipping question for you. I went uh, this morning and got myself a haircut. And I went to a place that's a chain. I won't mention their name. I'll just say that uh, they claim that their haircuts are great. Is that right? Yes. And uh, uh, clearly, looking at my uh, hair you got, now, you got, you got a good clip. Yeah, exactly. I would. I would be. It would be hard to argue with them that their 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 cuts aren't great by looking at this do right here. So, but here's my question to you. Uh, it's not somewhere I normally go, but I got a coupon in the mail. A what? A coupon. Not a coupon? A coupon in the mail. Coupon? A coupon. And uh, it was for a $9.99 haircut. I'm surprised you even got a... I'm surprised you still have hair. <laughs> so it was a $9.99 haircut. Almost half off of what they normally charge. Do you... If you get a coupon like that... Does that influence how you tip? You tip on the full amount. I get that. But would you tip a little bit more based on the fact that you're getting... Potentially, if I felt that I got a really good haircut. Uh Uh-huh. But the idea of me going to get some clips at a place that was great Uh um, is uh, impossible. Oh, I see. See, I'm just a blue-collar guy, Tony. A blue-collar Joe who likes his his beer cold and his uh, clips great. Right. And in this situation, I thought, you see, when you have a kind of a mohawk, all they have to do is take clippers up the side of your head, follow the line, take an inch up. I was out of that chair in 10 minutes. What's interesting is that the mohawk itself is fluffy. It's not spiky today. I didn't put any product in it. Oh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't do it up? No, I didn't put any hair paste, any... Ellie looks gel, any spray, any mousse. You didn't uh, have a pomade? Or no, no. Or, or, or something like that? Or an aid palm. I didn't have either. Uh, so, but uh, I tipped a little bit more than I normally would for a haircut because I, I got such a, a, you know, basically a half-off haircut. I was interested. Now, I understand you probably go to uh, one of the finer hair salons for men. Jay Barber. <laughs> That's where I go. <laughs> And you probably spend a little bit more than $9.99 for a haircut. I do. I most definitely do. I will tell you that I found, I, it took me two years, two and a half years to really find somebody. Mm-hmm. And I had found someone, super good dude, and I'm like, eh, it's not really working. And then I just stopped going and found somebody else. And uh, Did you say, it's not you, it's me? No, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. I ghosted. <laughs> I ghosted my former guy. Uh, and then I went to go see this new person who was did my hair for about three years, cut my hair for three years. And then she left the place. Oh. And and she, I know she had my number because I had said to her, let me know where you end up. She could do the thing. And so she ghosted me. So it's the circle oh, of life nice. right there. So I had to use somebody else. And she's been fine. Oh, that's good. She's been fine. But I, you know, it, it matters. Now, do you the place you go, the place I usually go... Uh, it, they, they do the whole they may be dressed uh, maybe they get their uh, clothing from uh, Foot Locker they wear the, right. the referee thing and they got the they got the 
the sports on the TV and they put a hot towel on your face. Oh, is it sporty? Uh, yes, exactly. Huh. Uh, do you get the hot towel treatment? I can get the hot towel. I don't actually like the hot towel. No? No, not a fan of, of the hot towel. But I could, if I was there, do the hot shave. I could that do that. I've had that Have done. Have you a, never done? I've no. Twice. And it, the idea of that flat blade razor right up at your jugular. What if she sneezes? Wait, wait. She? Sure. Oh, you, you want sexist, Tony? I'll say it. Only men can do a hot shave. Where can everyone get in touch with you? Fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Eat, drink, smoke. Everybody is doing layoffs. So nothing is surprising about ESPN also engaging in layoffs. Disney told us it was coming. When Bob Iger took over for Bob Chapek, he said they were going to change the systems that Bob Chapek, the former CEO, put in place, which was a very weird hierarchy system, and that layoffs were coming. Microsoft has had layoffs. Amazon has had layoffs. Everybody has had layoffs. Why is it surprising that ESPN is doing the same? Or is it the fact that some of the names don't make any sense considering the content they create? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy. We're in the content business. We do different things than ESPN. We might not be as well known as ESPN. But we understand that we in the world of radio can be laid off at any time. At any second. Radio works like that just like TV. All entertainment works like that. You have a job and then you don't. That's the way it goes. So when they did these layoffs, fingers, I was like, okay, it makes sense. Some of them, all right, Steve Young, former quarterback, Hall of Famer. You don't need him for your broadcast. You're not going to have 10-person uh, anal- uh, you know, panels uh, anymore and do all this analysis. I get it. That's fine. Neil Everett couldn't come to a contract that he liked, so he said, you know what? I'd rather retire. Max Kellerman. Now, Kellerman is really made his bones in the world of boxing. Mm-hmm. And he is the boxing guy. So there's an extent to which I was a little bit surprised to see him go. Just like I was su- surprised with Todd McShay and David Pollock, whether we're talking about the NFL draft or we're talking about college uh, football here. Jeff Van Gundy and Susie Colbert. You're a guy who watches much more ESPN and engages in much more sports talk than I do. You surprised by Gundy and Culber? Yes, shocked. Uh, Van Gundy. I'm not an NBA guy, but you know, obviously a trusted voice, a legend when it comes to to broadcasting basketball. Susie Culber, my gosh, she's always been solid, and she would do a lot of she would do football, then she'd go in to do X Games and, and things like that. You know, ESPN basically, let's face it, created X Games. I mean, right. X Games was a thing, but. They brought it to a, a wide audience, and she was a part of that broadcast as well. But it's just not – it's going to seem very strange not seeing – because I'm an NFL guy, uh, Susie Kolber on broadcast with, you know, with Steve Young. I feel like it's overkill on a lot of these shows where I could see where they would look and say, okay, we can cut costs. Do we really need six talking heads talking about uh, the upcoming Monday night football game at the stadium beforehand – Especially when so much of what the athletes have to offer in pregame analysis is so... Uh, it, for a casual fan, maybe not so much, for, for someone who watches NFL on a regular basis, it's just a lot of obvious things that they're saying. Why not just have 
one athlete, <laughs> you have one former NFL player on a panel instead of three who, you know, they're not offering up a whole lot. Uh, so I could see where they would be, you know, cutting costs. But I, I, it's one thing to be an athlete where they throw it to you. It's another thing to be the traffic cop that Susie Colbert was. And that's a whole different skill set. And much different. And you have to be really good at getting in and out of breaks, making sure that everyone's making a point in a timely manner and, and directing traffic. I'm surprised she's, she's, she's gone. Yeah, being the panelist is easy. Moderating the panel is incredibly difficult work. It's a, it's, it, it truly is. Uh, there are some people out there who made the claim that these layoffs are happening because they gave Pat McAfee so much money. Pat McAfee, former punter for the NFL, for, for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL, uh, and then went on to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with football and I'm going to start creating content and did a podcast and then the work with Barstool and then the $110 million deal with, with FanDuel and then decided to leave that and go to ESPN. And at the time that it happened, I explained that I believe the reason, I don't know Pat at all, uh, I believe the reason this is happening is because he just, he, at the time he was about to, I think now he had his first kid. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to do all the work anymore. He just wants to do the content. He doesn't want to own the thing anymore. I can appreciate that all too well. I've never been a guy who wanted to do the platform. I just wanted to do the content. Now, maybe you make more money if you own the platform, but I know what I want to do, and I know the, the, the way I want to go uh, about it. So he got, was a $75 million, $80 million deal, yeah. something like that, to do uh, it college game day. He's going to do a bunch of other things. And people said, oh, sure, they, had to bring, they brought you on. Now they had to let these people go. And the answer is maybe. But McAfee brings a built-in audience, and McAfee attracts a younger audience. And businesses have to evolve. So what's the issue here? There shouldn't be an issue other than if you're one of the people who got laid off, then it's it sucks for you. But my goodness. ESPN doesn't owe them a job, do they? No, of course not. Right. But the thing is, is that uh, one of the things when it comes to broadcasting, especially uh, you know when you're talking about sports broadcasting, is you're always concerned about how old your audience is. And if you could bring in younger viewers, I think Pat McAfee does, where you look at other people like, you know, God bless Steve Young. There are a lot of people who are watching football today who never saw Steve Young play football. They know, you know, he was a quarterback for the 49ers and he won a Super Bowl, but they they never saw him play. So but they see Pat McAfee and they think, well, he's he, he reaches a younger audience. He was just in the league, what, five, six years ago. And he brings in that younger audience. So I. It makes sense to me. I'll be very interested to see because you, you, you hear about some of this agreement between Pat McAfee and, and ESPN. How much of football will have his face on it? You mentioned college game day. Uh, will he be doing NFL coverage too? Will he be, you know, it's, it's like you said, he's, he may not be uh, running the platform anymore, but he may be just as busy traveling to all these different places to provide commentary for college football, pro football. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all shakes up and just how much of what he does makes up for some of these Keyshawn Johnson who lost his job and Matt Hasselbeck and, and, and Steve Young. Will he be filling the void? Maybe. Impossibly. I think the bigger question is, has ESPN's time come and gone? Is SportsCenter now a thing of the past? Is it, is it not a necessary item anymore to do highlights because you can find highlights everywhere? I think the leagues 
have done a really good job of cutting out ESPN when it comes to highlights. I can go on YouTube half hour after the Detroit Tigers play and see complete highlights of the game instead of sitting through an hour-long broadcast waiting for highlights to come up with my favorite team. You get the highlights cut up by the team or by the league with no commentary, no commercial. Well, maybe the commercial at the beginning of, of you know the video, but it's, it's not a traditional broadcast. And as we know, Tony, as content creators, attention spans have gotten a lot smaller. Yep. They want the content now. They don't want to sit through five minutes of commercials. Now, that's, is, is that true in sports? Because what we've proven in the world of talk, whether it be Eat, Drink, Smoke or our radio shows and other things, People will spend gladly three hours if it's interesting. Rogan proves that. Corolla proves that. So, But maybe sports is a different beast. But compare the amount of commercials you will get in a three-hour podcast versus three hours on network TV or cable TV, and it, it, it pales in comparison. There's not nearly the amount of time. And a lot of times uh, when it comes to anything that's uh, on the Internet, you can skip through a lot of those commercials too. Right. So... It's, it's interesting. You know, ESPN is going to need to be there for broadcasting games, but all the other content, they may struggle. They may. But they, they have to evolve. They hurt themselves by getting rather political, and people just wanted the, the sports and the commentary. This move, I, I think, makes perfect sense. Not everybody is going to have a job for forever in this world, and you let, you let it ride for as long as, as you can. And I think not, not all these people get jobs again. I think Susie Kolber, if she might decide to retire and try other things, I think Susie Kolber can end up in other places. True. Or just, a podcast. Just the name, uh, for sure. Corenti uh, Cigars out of Toronto. This has been a wonderful smoke, this uh, freshly rolled cigar. But I can't wait to try it in 90 days and see what we think of it. And from Urban Chestnut, the Black Lager. Solid, solid beer that would be in my not liquor cabinet, but my beer fridge. Don't forget to purchase Let's Go Barbecue available at Amazon.com. Let's Go BBQ at Amazon.com. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media on Twitter at Go Eat Drink Smoke on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke and Instagram at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.